0: Hello everyone and welcome to Blissful Living. This is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. And I want you to think about this question I'm getting ready to ask you. Do you say yes to life? Now just hold on to that. I want you to think about it. But as I want um you to prepare for this wonderful show that we're going to have today. I want you to find a nice place to sit back and relax and get something to write with and maybe your favorite beverage, a cup of tea, water, you know, whatever you like to sip on and just take some time for yourself next few minutes because um we're going to talk more about saying yes to life, but I wanted to open up with, do you say yes? So hold on to that. I want to begin by, of course, always thanking our sponsors, Blissful Living For You at BlissfulLivingForYou.com, as well as a uh, telecommunications installation company located in Silicon Valley, All Day Cable Inc. And they specialize in network distribution and telecom installation, voice data, fiber, speakers, systems, wireless, access points, you name it, with regards to how we do business in that arena. Today, they can handle your needs no matter if you're small or large. So if you know someone or you have that kind of need for your company, you may want to reach out and give them a connection. You can connect with them, of course, on their website at com. Now, we have a really special show in that we have a sponsor that is sponsoring this particular episode of the show. And it's actually our guest today. And so I just want to get right into it because our guest who is sponsoring today's show of Blissful Living is Elliot Robertson. And Elliot Robertson is a love Enjoy, Coach. I love that. An author and a certified happiness workshop leader. Elliot is the author of Say Yes to Life, Seven Keys to Living Full Out from Within. And he has written devotionals for Daily Word magazine, as well as articles for Science of Mind and Wisdom magazine. Now, he holds a master's degree in psychology. And for years, Elliot consistently squelched his desires the moment they emerged. His constant refrain was, yes, I like to be friends with this person, but I'm not good enough. The belief that he was not good enough was pervasive. Whenever his heart voiced a desire, it was immediately ruled out whether the desire was related to career advancement, relationships, or money now in college he never asked a gal out who had captured his heart at the first sight after graduating he worked at an entry-level job for years and his low self-esteem led him to sabotage a relationship with a man within a year of meeting him and falling in love now he has compassion for the young man he used to be that's interesting. Do we all, can we all say that? And he's gradually come to know that the cosmos is benevolent and majestic and creates only images of its own nature. This transformation has revealed to him his passion and purpose for supporting others in their journey of liberation from the misery and paralysis that come with low self worth. <laughs> Through the course of his journey, Elliot has discovered keys opening the doorway to the realm of day-to-day authentic happiness. He is committed to sharing these keys through his writing and coaching. And so, it is my pleasure to welcome Elliot Robertson to Blissful Living. Welcome, Elliot.
1: I'm so glad to be here with you and your audience.
0: It's so nice to have you because you have some intriguing stuff, and I know the listeners. You know, I know, I know for a fact there are people out there, and it's probably everyone that's listening right now out there can relate to somewhat of what you know you shared or what we shared with regards to opening up for you. Um, everyone has had some instance in their life where. They had um, some self doubt or felt they weren't good enough. And it's what you, you know, what happens on the other side of that that makes things so, can be, make things so much more interesting and make you want to say yes to life. So I want to ask you, I just want to open up and jump in and say, I love that you are, you know, into the happiness thing because we have so much negativity. But what made you write this particular book?
1: That's an interesting question. Um, You know, I used to write poems, and I would just write the first line, and then the second line would just show up as soon as the first line was done. I don't write poems much anymore, but Uh my approach to writing has always just been to open up the page first thing in the morning when I'm at a cafe and just see what inspiration comes to me. So I wasn't really thinking of the title or the book topic or the structure of the book or anything when I began. I was just writing one paragraph after another. Eventually, uh, after I had sort of worked with uh, Clay on the Wheel for a while, it became apparent what the structure of the book would be and what the overarching theme would be and so on and so forth.
0: Wow, that's really, you know, it's really cool. I I like how you just said just kind of open up and just, you know... Let my writing take me to where it needs to take me for, you know, that time that you're writing. I'm
1: always so grateful when the flow shows up, and I imagine that other people with other gifts (laughs) might experience that in other contexts.
0: Right, right. Because sometimes it doesn't want to show up, you know. <laughs> right. It's always a blessing when it does. Now, I love that you you know you're focused on happiness again because we have we have such a prevalence and so much negativity that is bombarding every aspect of our life, and so you know so many people are unhappy these days. And since 2012, depression has skyrocketed among youth. Now, over the last eight years, the eight years the number of depressed young men has doubled. What would you say is the single most important factor accounting for this increase in all of this unhappiness?
1: Well, I'm sure there are quite a few factors, uh, but one of the ones that I am most concerned about or that might be perhaps the strongest uh, factor would be uh, how we get trapped in our monkey mind. And um, we just end up spending most of the day there, and it distracts us from really entering our heart, listening to our heart. A lot of times we might um, find that we're in touch with a heart's desire or whatever, and we might say to our heart or say to ourselves, that's impractical, and sort of dismiss what the heart is prompting us to do. Uh, So the monkey mind and the whole tendency in the culture to dismiss the heart and its input really does get in the way, I think, of happiness. And as long as we're talking about happiness, um, let me add to that something, a clarification, because I think happiness can be a tricky word sometimes. It can mean different things and have different associations for different people. And I'd always like to just make a quick distinction between being happy for a good reason. And being happy for no reason Well, when you get promoted at a job for example you might feel really happy and that's being happy for a good reason maybe you'll celebrate with your friends at the bar that night or whatever and that's wonderful I'm all for celebrating happiness for good reason and celebrating things Mm -hmm. and there's also happy for no reason which I think of as the default happiness the day-to-day level that you sort of basically land at the basic happiness and I also think of that as the authentic happiness that isn't dependent on things going your way or whatever. It's just the happiness that a lot of mystics have been able to rely on in their lives. A lot of mystics, I think, have le- lived very happy lives, uh, not because there were extraordinary things happening in their life. I think they usually had routine existences and ordinary things.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Um
1: so, yeah, I just really wanted to highlight the happy for no reason as the happiness that I think really does count, and uh, I'm I'm hoping that when I work with people, that's the happiness that will go up a notch. It certainly can go up a notch, and then another notch until it gets to a high level.
0: Right. You know, that's interesting, and thank you for um, enlightening the listeners with regards to that, because, you know, most people think that happiness has to come, it's like a um, cause and effect, you know. I got the promotion, the effect is I'm happy. You know, the cause was I got the promotion, the effect is I'm happy. But when you can wake up or when you can just be in a happy state for no reason at all, I think that is the most connected to how um the divine envisions happiness for all of us.
1: You know, Oh, that's be beautiful. Happy. I appreciate your saying that. And you know what? You were just asking what what gets in the way. And I think we've just now, the two of us have stumbled on another major thing that gets in the way. If you treat your life like a stream, a necklace with a lot of pearls on it, and if you wake up in the morning thinking, well, I, I hope something good happens today something uh, that I can be happy about for a good reason, then I'll have another pearl to add to my necklace on the string. If you're approaching your day, your life uh, with the goal of having one pearl after another to line up on the necklace and create a wonderful, happy necklace, that might get it be a trap because uh some days are rather ordinary and don't have any spectacular pearls to put on the on the necklace and uh that might end up sort of disappointing you if that's if you're sort of attaching your happiness to outward events going the way you want them to
0: right yes i yeah exactly i love it I, you know we 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 definitely are in synchronicity or i rather i'm in synchronicity with you because you are the happiness guru that's that's my new name for you the happiness guru so you're, you're going to take that ellie and just have to live with it and at least while we're talking today <laughs> oh
1: oh you're so kind and sweet
0: oh thank you so now okay i because i'm really i i, I really love this topic um and i just think is we need more of this information in the world we need to see more things about happiness um you know as much as the media projects all the other stuff i wish we could see just as much stuff about happiness and positivity but you know change is is slow and it's it's you know it takes time um but what do you find most exciting and inspiring about your book say yes to life you know, I think
1: it's not really a very typical uh, self-help book, so to speak. It really defies the categories of the genres that the publishing world puts out there. There have been tons of books written, and they're very good. I've read some of them. Um, they've helped me with my happiness coaching. There have been tons of books that have lots of instructions, uh, lots of tips. Um, lots of advice for how to be happy, sort of like a how-to manual or an instructional book. And they're wonderful, but that's really not exactly what my book is. Um, In some ways, my book uh, is a little bit more like self-care or like a bubble bath. It has small sections. It's uh, something you can pick up when you get home from from work after a stressful day if you need to take some time out. Just to sort of be with yourself, to get some inspirational words uh, from the page or whatever. Uh, so I, I feel like in a way it's it's just a feel good book. Also, my book is different from um, most of the books out there because I do have a lot of fiction in the book. I have these conversations with somebody who passed away before I was born. Uh, so the oh. two of us are talking, and it's it's definitely fi- uh, nonfiction, nonfiction. Uh, what I'm saying, fictional, imaginary. Imaginary uh-huh. setting, yeah. And so I really feel like when people are invited to use their imagination, it really helps the material to really sink in. It gives them a, something that's you know to relate to some experiences.
0: You know, it's interesting because I've been learning a lot about imagination and how powerful imagination is, and the fact that you have utilized your imagination and written this fabulous book about you know happiness is um, absolutely amazing. It's just kind of in synchronicity. It's like, God, I've just been learning so much about imagination. And now I'm talking to someone who actually used it and has manifested this really good book. That's going to, you know, be able to utilize by lots of people and have this domino effect, maybe go global, so to speak. And it's just, and it started with his imagination and you know, how powerful our imagination can be. So, so thank you for sharing that. Now, with regards to um the book, what is it that you you know, I know when you set out to write the book, you probably just set out to write. But as you begin to develop the book, so to speak, by the time you finished it, what did you hope what do you, what are your thoughts of that you hope the reader gets from reading the book? And Did it change as you progressively got through the book and completed the writing? You know, maybe the
1: answer is it became more specific. In general, the answer to what do I hope somebody will get from anything I write, whether it's a poem or an article for Science of Mind or whatever, the answer is always, even before I start writing it, I know I want what I write to be a bridge to heaven. Uh, to to a bridge to the heart that's sort of the same as heaven heaven's in the heart so that was definitely what I was um, aiming for before the first word was put down on the page Um, and then it did get some more uh, some different flavors to it as it developed I ended up uh, at this point I'm really hoping that those who read it might really get what we were talking about earlier about how happiness is not something you can chase I always tell people, don't go to the front door of the happiness house. If you want to get into the happiness house, uh, you've got to go to the back door because the front door isn't going to budge. Happiness is elusive when you chase it. And the back door is inner harmony. So if what we do is if we go into the garden of inner harmony where the inner harmony trees are, and if we fertilize the inner harmony tree, the side effect or, or the byproduct, the fruit, is going to end out being happiness it's something that we have to uh pursue in a very indirect way or, or maybe even not pursue at all. Just focus only on fertilizing the inner harmony tree. And um I, I'm really hoping that this book will help people to to do that fertilization. I hope that the book will be fuel for that and fertilizer for that.
0: <laughs> wow. I you know, I love that. Again, it's like, you know, you you have it's it's plant the seed is planted in all of us. And you just shared how we can actually access some of the essence of the seed, and how we can how we can actually nurture that seed and allow that seed to grow forth and you know become I'm going to say big oak tree so to speak. With this, Mm. you know, with and I'd I'd be glad to share some more specifics
1: about exactly how do we fertilize it, how do we cultivate inner happiness.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I read your mind. My head <laughs> That's great. Now please do
1: share with us, please. Oh sure. Well there there are a couple a couple of my favorite there are many ways to cultivate inner harmony and a couple of my favorites are cultivating self trust and also celebrating ourselves. Why don't we start with uh celebrating yourself or celebrating who you are as one of the ways in which you can have more inner harmony within you. One of the keys that I have in the book, one of the chapters in my book, is um, Say Yes to Your Uniqueness. And I guess I could have, cha- uh, I could have chapter titled that uh, Celebrating Yourself, because mm-hmm. saying yes to your unique self is, is saying yes to celebrating who you are. And also part of that is celebrating your unique gifts. So those are certainly um, ways in which um, reading this book might help you cultivate the inner harmony and might help you really get into the celebration mode that really can help you get more inner harmony. Also, another key in my book is um, saying, uh, well, actually releasing the past self-images, which is really saying yes to freedom from the past, releasing your uh, mm-hmm. the self-images that might be very limited the self-images that are based on negative self-talk that you heard from others and and then the self-talk that you gave yourself. And if you can just release all of the thoughts and beliefs you have about yourself from the past, it opens the way to a new, more celebrational self-image. So I think there's a lot in this book that can really help to cultivate inner harmony just by celebrating yourself. Uh, the, The book, I think, directs our attention in that direction.
0: You know what? I love that. And and I love how you worded it with regards to celebrating your uniqueness. There's something that I always say whenever I'm doing something with someone regarding their health and well-being is I say everybody is unique. We're all unique. We all are here. We all have our own unique journeys. Now, there may be a 100 people that have high blood pressure, but they got there in their own unique way and their healing is their own unique journey because everybody got there differently. Right. But if you, you know, go to a Western medicine physician, they're going to give off of those hundred people, the same type of medication because they're, they're just treating, they're just trying to treat the symptom and not, don't really have time to get into the uniqueness of the person and so in what we did what you just shared with us is is another i guess confirmation that we are all so unique and it's okay to be unique it's it's actually perfect to be unique and we should celebrate that instead of sometimes isolating ourselves or, you know, like having that negative self-talk that comes up or, you know, maybe we've heard somebody say something about, you know, like I have freckles, you know, I used to get teased because I had spots on my face when I was a kid, you know, something like that and kind of stuck with you. So you kind of feel, you know, self-conscious about it. I didn't, but I was using that as an example, but we should celebrate that. Now, What I want you to share with the listeners, I just want to take it just a a tiny bit deeper with regards to celebrating our uniqueness. Is there something that you can suggest, um, first of all, for someone to identify that that uniqueness in them? And then, two, how they should or how they can celebrate that and embrace it so that they embrace Uh. it.
1: I'm so grateful to you for helping me come down to earth because sometimes I forget that it's important to have practical, concrete examples to apply after the phone call is over or whatever and uh, for tomorrow mm-hmm. or the next day. Um, you know, I think that one of the keys, uh, you know, if you're struggling with celebrating the freckles or whatever it is, if that's something that's difficult for you, we really do need to begin... At um, with the uh, acknowledgement and appreciation, that might be easier than celebrating. Uh, When we appreciate who we are, and then from there, if we do that consistently, we will eventually find ourselves being grateful for who we are, including our uniqueness, hopefully. And um, it's just that if if we have to begin sometimes uh, at the very basic starting point of just having appreciation for who we are and acknowledging who we are and just accepting who we are. So if we can just begin with acknowledging, accepting, and appreciating, as we are consistent with that, gratitude can show up and we can start just sort of leaning into gratitude and experimenting with uh, feeling the gratitude, stirring up the gratitude for our unique qualities, for the um, for the freckles, and so on and so forth. I judged myself so much harshly in my youth for being too thin. I was just absolutely convinced I was too thin to qualify for <laughs> romance and so on and so forth. And at this point, I have finally come to a place where I do um, celebrate my body type. I'm just absolutely fine with who I am as far as that goes.
0: You know, that's so funny. Why we must be like um kinder twins or something.
1: Um, We're lost twins.
0: <laughs> you're right? Exactly. Well first of all I love my freckles because I like them because it my grandmother had them and I looked just like her and I was the, I'm the only granddaughter in my whole entire both sides of my family so it just made me stand out and I felt like I was extra special or something it was kind of funny mm-hmm. but I did people would tease me when I was little about oh you got spots on your face but then other people that had freckles cuz you know African Americans don't African American people don't generally have freckles but I have some other um things in me so the freckles come from my Irish side but anyway so it's like oh Someone said, You know what, honey, those aren't, they're not spots. They're kisses from the angel or they're kisses from the sunshine. And, and so I took that aspect and was like, Oh, I'm special because I get kissed by angels in the sunshine. I'm going to celebrate my uniqueness with this. But the other thing that you said, which cracked me up, was like being thin. When I was young, I was thin. I got teased about it. You know, I was so skinny. Are you going to ever go? You look like olive oil. Remember Popeye? I don't know if you were that old. Yes, Popeye yes, I know. Okay, I, oh, they would call me olive oil and just, you know, and then because I was the only girl in the family, I got teased, you know, a lot by all my cousins and everybody, right? And But, um, you know, and I, I used to, like, there was a period of time where I would, like, wear baggy clothes and try to hide how thin, you know, I was. But, whoa, I'm so glad I was thin because today – I'm like, good, thank goodness I was thin, and I recognize, you know, how to keep my body healthy and well and all of that. But today I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm thin today. I mean, I'm not thin. I'm fit I'm, I'm very fit and I'm very lean. And I think it was because maybe I had to jump start. You know, as you age, you gain more weight. Um, but I've been able to keep my in check, and it might be just because I do have that high metabolism, which kept me thin when I was young, such as you. But I celebrate and I embrace it. And um and so it's, it's beautiful. It's just part of my uniqueness. You oh, just have to share that because it's just like you mentioned it. I'm like oh, my oh. God, he, he, you know too.
1: I I love I love being akin to spirit with you. It's so much fun. <laughs> oh,
0: thank you. Me back at you, ditto. Right? Yeah, I,
1: I love, I love the things that are we have in common, and the things we are that we um, have that are different. It's it's just nice to celebrate all the way across the board.
0: Right. It's just the ebb and flow, where it's just like that perfect synchronicity, like, you know, you know, like a jazz band, sometimes they play like bebop. And even though it's bebop, and everybody's playing their own thing, they still, they're still they still in harmonic harmonic rhythm, you know what I mean? So it's just, that's just the ebb and flow of life. And I think that's how all things are meant to be. Now, I want to ask you. Now, I know that we have people out there listening who have been, I've been one of these too, but in a perfect storm with one bad thing happening to them after another. You know, maybe there's some guy, somebody out there that's listening that, you know, you might lost your job or, you know, a few days later your wife wants a divorce and then, you know, your dog died and your your car got totaled. And, you know, you just, you you know, your your investments, your management, guy, you know, made bad investments, you lost your money, you know, just like stuff is just going on. What would you say to the person that's going through, I like to say, as you say, too, the ringer with all of those challenges?
1: Well, the first thing anyone needs to do, especially those who are going through a perfect storm like you described, is to just feel all of the feelings that are showing up for you whenever a feeling shows up and arises within you welcome it feel it experience it don't go around uh, thinking that this feeling is good and that feeling is bad this feeling I can allow this feeling I need to censor or repress that is definitely uh, just going to get in the way of ever reaching the happiness uh, place uh, within your heart and I like to use the analogy of a beach ball, which has lots of different colors or lots of different feelings on it. And if it's just floating on a swimming pool, then it's visible. It's, um, the beach ball is experiencing the feelings. <laughs> um, and then if you push the beach ball down, if you push your feelings down, it is one unit. And you just can't get all of the anger under the water and let the joy and happiness stay above the water it's either going to be submerged or it's going to be floating. So if you're resisting it at all, uh even if it's only when it when you're feeling sad or angry, if you're pushing it down at any time, then there there are moments when um you're just blocking the flow and it's just uh not a really healthy thing to do. So it really is um, honoring all the feelings, allowing them all to show up and just never fighting any feelings, never putting the energy into repressing them. That takes a lot of energy to keep the, the beach ball pushed down just because right. there are feelings that you're not really comfortable with or you don't really want to have show up for you. Right.
0: You know, how would you say, because, you know, sometimes people, and more than, I'm going to say, not sometimes, oftentimes, people have these feelings that come up from, you know, things like, you know, the scenario I just, just shared, um, that when those feelings start to come up, they think they're not repressing them, but they actually are, and so they, you know, reach for, say, substances like wine or, you know, drugs or whatever, um, and so they never really truly get to experience the feelings because every time that feeling comes up, it's it's so uncomfortable with, you know, oh, so uncomfortable for them. Is there something that you can share, maybe a technique such as, you know, I don't know, you know, whatever something you share with your clients that might help someone that might be on the verge of suffering with these feelings coming up and they don't necessarily want to suppress them by numbing them, so to speak, with, you know, alcohol, drugs, that kind of stuff. Um, But they they want to get them out, but they're not sure they're going to be able to and they just need a little guidance. Is there something that, that they can do to help them kind of, you know, be ready or help them, I guess, go through the feelings just a little bit easier with more grace?
1: What a beautifully and gently phrased question. I just absolutely love the way you presented that. And unfortunately, that's really not my area of expertise. So I really don't want to um, say something that's halfway true or half-baked or that might somehow be misinterpreted or lead people down a path that would really not be very helpful. So I really just have to um, shy away from that question. I'm sorry. No,
0: no, no problems. I thought maybe, you know, you had something in the book that, you know, just that might, you know, might help. It just helps maybe next exactly. time we
1: have a little conversation I'll <laughs> have that under my belt. <laughs> for the time being I can um Yes. For the time being I can uh just give some overarching uh uh input to that question. Um that it's it's not really specifically for that question, but it might be helpful for those people and everyone in general. And oh, um we were talking earlier about the importance of inner harmony but you just you just really do need to cultivate inner harmony and then experience happiness as the consequence, as the side effect or the, the byproduct. Mm-hmm. And I just would like to say a word or two about another way of um, cultivating inner harmony in addition to celebrating who you are, and that would be self-trust. I'm going to sound like a 1950s school teacher because I'm going to be talking about character, and that's something we don't really have... Um, as much as we used to, I don't think, in in our culture anymore. I think we've become a little bit more um, lackadaisical when it comes to building character. But I really do think that it's those little things that we do every day, such as being kind and caring and honest, that are key to helping us trust ourselves more, Um, also setting boundaries and not caving in, can help us trust ourselves more. Being um, on our toes about being in integrity can help us trust ourselves. Let me give you just one quick story about an exa- or example about how these little things can really add, help either add to our self-trust or take away from our self-trust. If you're at a dinner party and um, maybe the friend invited you over to her house for the dinner party and said, I've got somebody who's visiting me who I haven't seen for years, somebody I just absolutely adore. I want you guys to meet each other. So you show up and then this friend of hers who she hasn't seen for years ends out saying some things that you really disagree with and you think you're right. So you end up just diving into the argument and saying, you're wrong. This is really how it is. Then when you get home, you might regret not being sensitive to the happiness of your friend, not just sort of getting a little bit wild and carried away with being right instead of being kind to the guest and just um, going for creating a very lovely evening by just um, not engaging in that kind of conflict with somebody you just met. That might take away from your self-trust. You might have some regrets about it, and you might need to apologize to your friend. If, on the other hand, you're just being very gracious throughout the evening, and you're not letting, making a big deal out of the disagreement and you're just letting that slide by, that might help you feel more self-trusting. You might know that next time you get invited, you can count on yourself to be sensitive and kind and, and make it a lovely evening for your friend.
0: Wow, I love that. That's beautiful. Wow, thank you for sharing that because I think just that in essence alone will will help a lot of people. We may we you know we may never know who we help, but I know it's going to help a lot of people for, with you sharing that. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, much. and you know thank what? You. That goes
1: not only for dinner parties, but also I think a lot of people might um, want to ask themselves: Am I uh, treating people kindly on Facebook? Because if you're not, it might eat away at your level of self-trust and that is something that is just valu- invaluable there's just no price tag to put on self-trust and it really is one of the central pillars to inner harmony
0: oh my gosh yes i agree thank you for stating that as well because yeah sometimes you know people are mm, different let me just put it that way They're just different on you know social media and um and that can definitely lead to some more challenges than not away from happiness. So, okay, so I want to say this. It's like It seems like you seem to be saying, um, well, let me ask you this. Do you believe that happiness is something that we are born with?
1: Well, happiness is such a tricky word. It, it it can mean different things, I think, to different people. So I'm going to sort of sidestep the question. I'm going to say that I do believe we are all born with an undercurrent of joy in
0: mm-hmm. our hearts.
1: Uh, just part of the uh, light that we're born with, part of our essence, part of our organic nature, that we just come to the world with the image of God and with joy. And the thing is, is that we may go for years and years and years without necessarily tapping into the joy and connecting with it and sensing that undercurrent of joy in our hearts. So uh, because of the, the distractions, because of... Um, chasing after happiness that, you know, might get in the way of really experiencing the joy that's already in the heart and so on and so forth.
0: Um, I think I would definitely have to agree with you. I mean, uh, for sure. It's, most definitely. I mean, most definitely. With regards to joy, you know, you say we're born with joy and, and we have that in our hearts. It's just like almost as like, I feel that the joy that we have inside us is sometimes like um you know the- the the current that keeps our blood flowing the right in the right direction, so to speak, if you've ever had any interactions with someone that's not quote unquote joyful they <laughs> You know, I don't want to have—I don't want to say it like this, but I'm just gonna say it. You know, those people that you always see and they have that kind of sourpuss face—they never look happy. They never look. They always just have this scowl on their face. I think those are the people that sometimes have forgotten that they're born with joy in them, and so they just get that scowl on their face, and it's almost like the essence of the current of their blood is not flowing like the rest of us that have. You know, really do celebrate the the innate joy within us. And and so when you were saying what you were saying, it was just like, that just brought to mind like, well, you know, there's those people. But most people do tend to forget that we are born innately with joy and we just sometimes forget about it because we're living sometimes in an external world. Well, you know what?
1: You you did read my bio about how I had a rather miserable youthfulness. So there may have been a moment in my life when I was one of those people. If you had run into me in the streets of New York, you might have seen a scowl on my face.
0: <laughs>
1: and I have made the journey. Um, you know, also... Uh, Self-pity and bitterness can just get in the way of experiencing the joy. And I was just living in a very small world back then. I would walk through the streets and notice the people who were sitting in the outdoor cafes at cafes I couldn't afford and I would get jealous instantly it was 24-7 jealousy you name it I was jealous of everyone so that is um, a place where a lot of us are uh, just a place of not really being aware of the joy that we're born with and i really am committed to helping everyone out whether it's um, the poor me self-pity mentality or or my problem with jealousy, that they take many different um, forms and, and have many different textures to them. Uh, bitterness shows up sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. But you
1: know what? The, the key thing for this is uh, what happened for me, I think, is first of all, I took ownership uh, at some point. I, I finally realized if I want to have a dream come true, And for me, the dream come true would be serving people. I've always wanted to, been just so passionate about serving people on a soul level Mm -hmm. in uplifting ways. And for years, I was just really not making much progress. I was just so caught up in jealousy and bitterness, but I finally got a hold of myself. I was like, I just had this awakening. If I wanted to move in a better direction and get out of the jealousy and bitterness, I knew I had to stop blaming. I had to stop saying life is unfair. I had to stop you know, talking to God and the universe and saying, you've got it all wrong. has to be my way. And so I just let go of my I stopped as much as I could, I stopped blaming God, my father, and everything else I blamed. Stopped shaming, mm-hmm. stopped complaining, and just that's the foundation. That's the starting point is just taking mm-hmm. ownership of yeah, your life and your experience. And when you do start with that as the first step, it prepares the way for eventually becoming so expansive and so vast that it is possible To be in touch with that undercurrent of joy, even while you're grieving, it's it is possible to simultaneously experience whatever feelings are present, and also just have that certainty that the joy is there, and and to be
0: in touch with it. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that because I think again, it's another it's a nugget of gold within a few nuggets of gold within what you said. And basically, you stop uh, blaming everything on the external and, you know, realize that it's the internal that you needed to get in check. Inside of us is all we can, you know, we can only control ourselves, so to speak, and our inside, our thoughts, and our processes. And if I think we have a grip on that with with just, you know, knowing that we have this innate joy with in us then the external stuff doesn't bother us we learn to not let that bother us as much right and so I know in your book um, you say you know say yes to life there are um, uniqueness with regards to saying yes to something and you've been sharing a lot of that with us you know as we've had this conversation is this something that the reader could choose to say no to but still be saying yes to life?
1: Um, Well, I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but let me... Give it a give it a try, and and if it's the wrong answer, you can tell me. You can clarify your question. There are no
0: wrong uh, answers. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it, it'll be one
1: answer. <laughs> um, I really do think that it's possible to say yes or no to your expansiveness. It's possible to say yes or no to your uniqueness. Uh, it's possible to say yes or no to the new. Uh, I, in my book, the titles of the chapters are all encouraging people to to say yes, to just lean into the yes, go for the yes to the new, and yes to the expansiveness and to the uniqueness. Saying yes to the new is um, really uh, key uh, to being open to new possibilities. So when you choose to say no to some of these things, you might be finding that you're keeping yourself in a smaller world that you 're mm-hmm. sort of uh, making it more difficult for you to see the open doorways that are before you, leading to other opportunities and possibilities
0: mm I like that I like that i I mean perfect, thank you because um it just sums you know sums up with what you need to do and how you what you need to. Not so much focus on, but just allow to happen. So I I love that. Now, you also just mentioned something with regards to grief. And I know one of the seven keys you present in the book is to say yes to grief. But I know some people may be surprised when they look at the table of contents and they see a book about happiness and joy and all this beautifulness, but yet there's a chapter devoted to grief. Why did you include grieving as one of the seven keys to living life full out?
1: Well, I think the main part of it we already sort of discussed when we were saying that we need to experience all of our feelings full out. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we do, grief can be a bridge that brings us into a fresh place of, of happiness and a fresh place of just being really um, connected with who we are. Uh, grief, when it's when you're really grieving and you're going through the stages of accepting and um, just feeling the feelings and everything that's involved in that, that's a very tender and very authentic process. If you are really... involved in grieving, it really does help you to be authentic. It's an authentic expression. And whenever you're just allowing yourself to take away any shields and any shells and, and just be there raw as you are, in in who you are truly in your authenticity, that does bring you closer to a state of happiness. I think um, happiness and authenticity really do go hand in hand.
0: Oh wow, I like that, and um, I, I agree with you. You know, because when you are authentic, you you you, you are living life in the moment and in joy and in zest, and you're not when you're not authentic, you're always trying to quote unquote hide the fact that you're not authentic. So you're not ever able to be in a relaxed state where you can enjoy life because you're always trying to cover up the fact that you're not authentic, right?
1: So I love that. And you said a key word. (laughs) You said a key word. You said said the word present. And I just, Don't think it's possible to be truly authentically happy and joyful unless you're present to the world, to what you're engaging with, to yourself, to the happiness. (laughs) Yeah, being present is just really an important part of the picture.
0: Yeah, it's, you know. At least for me, I mean, I'm just speaking from my experiences, and then you know, as we have our conversation, you know, you're just sparking things within me because everyone has had some challenge where you know we've all dealt with what we're discussing today. There's not one person on this planet that hasn't dealt with it, but I think it's how like you came through your journey, and you, you know, I would say is the happiness guru for me, but how you came through your journey, how I came came to mind and together as we're having this conversation we have so much cohesiveness that i think we're balancing out the harmony of what our discussion is and it's going to resonate with more people because we both are being authentic right about oh i wasn't just born happy and i've been happy forever and everything is happy go lucky and you know we're not we're not selling that pipe dream but we're selling we're not even selling it we're um, you basically are enlightening people of how they can have that happiness. And it basically starts within the heart and, and within with that innate joy. So it, it again, just very harmonistic and in flow. And, and I'm just loving um, what we're talking about, but I do um, want to ask you this. Yeah. And I do want to, I want to, because this is, um, this is what's happening today and um and so with our day and age and religion and the theme that, that, you know, are going on with religion, so many people are not religious in this day and age. Um, some baby boomers do continue to go to church or synagogues or temples or quote-unquote places of worship, but many from the older generation have no interest in religion. And nearly all of the millennials are that's completely disinterested in religion. But in the book you you have um this beautiful book you quote a few saints. Would you say your book is primarily and I think I already know the answer to this, but would you say it's primarily for those who are religious? I'm not really alarmed
1: by the church's crumbling. If that happens, I'm okay with that. I trust that that would be for the highest good. I'm not predicting that it will, but if it does happen um, in my lifetime, I don't think I'm going to mourn it, even though I do go to church myself. Um, I I think I'm I'm still okay with the church's crumbling, because for me, um, it's just not about a place. Uh, it's, It's about the church within me, or the love within me, or divinity. It's about embodying spirit and then living from spirit. So the church is sort of a little bit more on the periphery, and and all of our souls are at the center point from from where I sit, from my point of view of the cosmos and the people and stuff. So I'm much more interested in spirituality than I am in religion. And at the same time, um, I will take truth wherever I find it. So, yes, I do uh, quote St. Francis of Assisi and some other saints in the book. If they have some truth and wisdom to share with the world uh, that might even help us take steps in the direction of embracing all of our feelings and um, being available to happiness and joy, then I'm definitely going to listen with my heart's
0: ears. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Because you know, we you may not uh, you may not follow a particular religious doctrine. I tend to say I'm spiritual as well. Um, you may not follow a religious particular religious doctrine, but you can get words of wisdom from everything, right? You know, absolutely. You know, there's, I'm, I'm there's, very you in the
1: spiritual. Feel. So I, I I'm in love with Kuan Yin, who I think might be a Hindu goddess. The goddess of compassion and mercy, <laughs> and I'm also in love with um, people from the Christian place, and so on and so forth. I just have a, a wide range,
0: right? You know, but it doesn't. You're not tied into. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we can get tied into the dogma of one particular religious doctrine, and have a blind eye to other words of wisdom that may be from another yeah and if that's gotta, the case gotta, then if if
1: someone is uh just really narrowly focused, then that's their loss uh and
0: exactly i agree. yeah
1: there's nothing agree. anyone can do about it except accept it uh, but you know what I think that the that that's not going to really hold any water in the coming age because we are uh, um approaching the age of maybe an alien landing or something. In other words, we're in the galactic age. We're coming to a time when Earth-centered religions and thinking and spirituality... Um, As much as I love Mother Earth, I don't know if we're going to be able to just limit it to Earth-centered. It may end up having to be more of a galactic-centered spirituality that comes next. I really don't know for sure exactly what the future holds, but it looks to me like the stuff that we've been engaging in over the last 2,000 years and that mentality might not be able to just stand up to the future.
0: Right. I agree. And, you know, what's funny is um, I've seen the evolution in my lifetime um, progress. You know what I'm saying? Like how you, you know, saying the baby boomers used to, you know, always go to church. And, and, um, you know, my parents were baby boomers. And, yeah, we're going to church all the time, right? But as things have progressed. You don't see that as much, and it, it's just very interesting. Not to make this a religious talk to you guys or anything, but just dwelling into saying yes to life, and um, just talking about you know some of the words of wisdom that we can get from. Every source and and right open well, I mean, the far as going to churches,
1: the bottom line for me is please do whatever uh serves you, whatever is self care for you, however you want to worship, I'm just entirely giving a big yes to everyone across the board uh if if it turns out to be a walk in nature and connecting with the trees that uplifts your spirit, definitely be committed to doing that. Don't uh don't let those things fall by the wayside. Whatever it is that you need, it maybe it's going to church, then definitely do that.
0: Love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I want to say if the if the readers can get one message from your book, what are you hoping that one message of wisdom would be?
1: I would just be so humbled uh, if I were to meet somebody on the street and they were to say they had read my book and they really felt more like they were a magnifying glass for spirit, mm-hmm. a unique magnifying glass for spirit after they read my book, or they really felt more connected with their heart, and uh, they really felt like they escaped being stuck in the prison, in the self-made prison, uh, and in the monkey mind that they had been stuck in uh, before, the, the negative beliefs and the harsh judgments, any of those um types of spiritual growth would just really delight me if if anyone were to get any of that. Another thing that would really thrill me uh, would be to, I think a lot of us are sort of like an airplane that's circling around a city in a holding pattern, or it's like we're on a path of stepping stones, and the stepping stones are in a circle, and we end up stepping on the same stone again, and it's like, wait, I thought I was already there a year ago. Oh, and here I am on that same stone again instead right. of the stones being arranged in a line going out to the horizon. So if my book were to help somebody um, get off of that circular stone path of being stuck for years and years and get onto something a little bit more expansive, a little bit more interesting and uh, full of um, joy and um uh, full of life, like that, that that pathway that goes all the way into the horizon and you can't see how far it's going, but you're willing to take the next step and the next step, that would give me so much joy to know that somebody got unstuck.
0: Oh, I love that. And I love the visual that you gave with that. So that, that's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so very much. Now, Elliot, we're coming down to our time. And so in the last few minutes that we have left, um, would you be willing to read a paragraph or two from Say Yes to Life for us? I'm so
1: sorry, but I don't have the book on hand right this moment. I'm so sorry.
0: Okay. No, that's okay. That's okay. Well, all the more for people to go buy the book. So let's, just, <laughs> so let's talk about how, um, first of all, they can get in connection with you or get first of all how can people get the book where can they pick up the book
1: yes well you know what you're welcome to visit the book's website and there you can find more information about the book you can get a free gift from me it's waiting for you at the website you don't even if you're not interested in the book go ahead and get your free gift uh, the the place to go to get your gift and to find out about the book is www.SayYesToLifeBook.com. Com. That's www. Com.
0: Love it. And um, is this book just available on that particular site, or is it? Do you have it on Amazon or, you know, yeah, and
1: you know? Yeah, you can also go to Amazon and Barnes and Noble if you wish.
0: Okay, okay. Well, I'm saying, you guys, if you're listening to this, and if you like freebies like I do, that really helps to enhance the wisdom, so that as you travel down your path to bliss, the challenges that may come up might be just a little bit easier to handle because you're getting all this wonderful wisdom. Um, then go ahead and go to sayyes to lifebook. dot com. Pick up the book and pick up the free gift. And I guarantee that you will not be disappointed or not happy, unhappy, that you got this information. You'll be very, very happy, as, no pun intended, we've been talking about happiness. Well, I'm
1: um, not I'm not going to guarantee that. I think some people will <laughs> like the flavor of the book and other people might not. <laughs>
0: well, I'm going to guarantee, no matter what, okay. It, Something out of the book, okay? You're gonna okay. get something out of it. It's gonna pique somebody's curiosity, and they may not like you know it, but they're gonna get something out of it. There's nothing, got it? You know, always teaching moments, right? Always beautiful, things, right? What we may think may not be what they're thinking, but they still get wisdom from it. So we leaving it at that, right? Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> So it has been absolutely a pleasure to have you, Elliot, and to have
1: you. I enjoyed every moment. Thank you so much.
0: Thank, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence and taking time out of your busy day to just enlighten us with this words of wisdom. This is so yummy for me because it's it's like having a nice cup of tea that's just perfect and, you know, that quiet time where you can Oh, you mentioned bubble baths earlier. I love taking bubble baths. It's like me having my nice cup of tea and my beautiful bubble baths, in this ever and happy, loving place with the candles lit, and just really enjoying time to myself in that cup of tea. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been a wonderful cup of tea. Oh, well, um, <laughs> you are an inspiration
1: to me, Rochelle. Thank you.
0: Oh, thank you. And to all the listeners, I want to thank you. Please share this show with everybody you know about, um, everybody you know, or people that you um, – most definitely people you love and care about or people you don't really love and care about. Just send it to them on the down, though. You never know. But share this show with everyone because it, it really is – we need to get this – um, a domino effect in our world today to bring about more happiness and to change people's thought processes just a little bit. we can do it with one person, one may lead to two, two may lead to 20, 20 may lead to 2 million, and so on and so forth. So let's share this beautiful show. And to the sponsors of uh, Blissful Living... The Health I'm sorry, not the Health Healing and Wellness Company. Um, All Day Cable Incorporated at alldaycableinc.com, as well as Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four and the letter U dot com. And to today's show sponsor, a fabulous guest, Elliot Robertson who is now going to be forever known to all of you because I'm bestowing this title upon him as if I can do that. Well, I can. I'm the queen of feeling fabulous. Um, I'm bestowing that happiness guru on Elliot Robertson. So, Elliot, you're going to take that and go forth into the world because the queen of feeling fabulous has bestowed this upon you. ha. <laughs> Thank you. You made my day. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and to everyone out there, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this show. And as always, this is the Queen of Feeling Fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, wishing you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. Have a wonderful day. Take care, everyone.
1: You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N